wherever there are shadows, there are people ready to kick at the darkness until it bleeds daylight. This is Bleeding Daylight with your host, Rodney Olson. Welcome to Bleeding Daylight. You'll find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And we'd love to connect with you there where we can continue the conversation. Please share Bleeding Daylight episodes with others and leave a review where you listen to podcasts. Something a little different this time as we talk to someone who is helping children to navigate the complexities of life. I'll introduce you in just a moment. Rebecca Sanderson has seen the difficult and sometimes traumatic lives that some children face and has a strong desire to serve children from all backgrounds. She also believes that providing strong foundations for children, no matter their circumstances, will help them navigate the inevitable difficulties of life. Her podcast, Lamplighter Kids Stories, has reached children around the world. She's currently writing her first book and she joins me on Bleeding Daylight today. Rebecca, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. In hindsight, podcasting was always going to be a natural fit for you. You've been behind the microphone since you were just four years of age. Tell me about those early years. Yes, yeah. Looking back, it's just so funny to me how God arranged my whole life to kind of come to this moment where I really feel like I'm fulfilling a lot of these desires God put in my heart. But of course, at the time, I wouldn't have seen it. So my first experience with being on the radio was when I was four and my parents actually owned a radio station in our very small town in Colorado, USA. And for some reason, I think they're advertising the rodeo and they needed a little kid to say, I don't even remember what, you know, yay, I want to go to the rodeo. And so they had me come on and I actually remember it, even though I was four, I remember the studio and the microphone and I was a pretty shy child. So it took a lot for me to get that sound bite. But that was kind of my first, you know, youngest experience. And then as I grew, I can't remember what came first, but my grandfather, he, in his older age, decided to start this ministry for elderly people. And he was recording songs and things on cassette tape. (laughs) And he got his grandkids to come to his little studio in his house and he bought all his equipment. He was very excited. And so I used to sit there and sing songs for the elderly and he would record us and he really liked, like we got along really well. So I was featured in a lot of his cassette tapes. That's when I really started liking this whole voice acting thing, but I still, I didn't see it as anything I would do in life. I was just thinking this is fun in the moment. And I believe you even decided that you would create your own audio books at one stage and you were still quite young at that point too. Yes. Yeah. No, that is, that always makes me laugh because I just think of myself probably, let's see, I guess 11-ish and I would go in my closet with my audio cassette and I was really into the Redwall series at the time. And so I decided, yeah, to make my own audio cassette tapes. And I was thinking, oh, I can listen to these on long trips, kind of like you do with other audiobooks. But I don't know if I actually ever listened to them much, but it took up many hours alone in my closet making my own sound effects and stuff. So kind of nerdy, but <laughs> I liked it. 
And of course, you had this background in using audio for a variety of reasons through the radio, through that cassette ministry, uh, through your own audio books. But then something changed and it changed your heart towards children. Tell me about that trip you took with your sister. Yes, my sister, she's four years older than me. And after she left college, she wanted to travel the world. And my parents encouraged me to kind of tag along. So I graduated early and I tagged along with her and my parents, they're pretty well connected with a lot of international people. And so we traveled to India. We stayed two months there with one of our old family friends who owns an orphanage and he has a church planting ministry. So we went every day with him to the orphanage and it really, really changed my heart. Like we spent so much time with these orphans and this Indian man, he had built a school there. So they were going to school and we would just go out and play with them. I was 17 at the time and I had grown up in a very small town and in my own little Christian bubble. And it was great childhood, but just seeing poverty and seeing children just trying to, I don't know, work through their situation and get to a better place in life was really, really heart shifting in me. Before that, I didn't really particularly, I wasn't the kind of person that like loved children and wanted to babysit and all that stuff. But after that, I really, really felt God calling me to pursue helping children. And it was very vague. I had no clue what exactly that calling meant, but I just remember being like, this is what I want to do with my life. I want to help hurting children in particular, but also just work with children. It's interesting that you have this audio background, which then lays dormant for a while. You meet up with children who are facing some really difficult times and your desire to help children is there, but that lays dormant for a while. But then a little bit later, you you started to fulfill some of those desires and some of those skills that God put inside you through different kids' ministries and and volunteering at, at shelters. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So after that, I pretty quickly met my husband. We got married and we got involved in our church and I joined the kids' ministry because I was like, I want to work with kids. So I ended up doing that for, I mean, I'm still doing it all through my 20s and 30s now. That was a really, really good just getting to actually be on the ground and learn what kids want. And obviously it was a very different, they're not orphaned or hurting children, but I felt like it was a good place to start. And then, yeah, I also started volunteering at some pregnancy centers for a couple years. And that was more kind of where my heart was with, you know, helping children that were hurting. I used to watch the kids or the babies and the toddlers of the moms who were at these pregnancy centers. And it was just interesting. I feel like God really kind of used many, many years to educate me slowly on all this stuff. Cause you know, in the meantime, I was also working and all that stuff, but I look back now and it was seemed to be just a training ground for kind of where he has me now. And I remember feeling frustrated cause I, I often would be praying and be like, ah, oh, I want to help children. That's what I want to do. I want to do all these big, you know, glorious things. And God just reminded me over and over, you don't, have to do something big. Like look at the children in front of you. Look at the things I've given you right in front of you. It doesn't matter if it, you know, reaches all these children. So I think it was good for me to kind of shift my perspective 
at the time and just, yeah, do exactly what God had in front of me and not necessarily think these big things, even though that's kind of what I wanted to do. And then it came about the time that you started listening to podcasts and there was certainly some for you, but there seemed to be a lack of podcasts that would actually teach kids what they needed to know. We had our own children and my oldest was at the age where she was starting to really like stories. I always told them a lot of stories, even as a teenager. I used to tell all the kids, like my cousins and people younger than me, I used to tell oral stories all the time. So my oldest was very much, she grew up in this storytelling culture because of me. And so I was like, okay, I need to find some podcasts. They're free. So we found, you know, all the top kids podcasts. I was checking them out with her and they were obviously like, they're good. I'm not like trying to put them down, but some of them, I was very surprised actually that there were some just values that I didn't agree with. And they kind of snuck up on us like, oh, we listened to 10 of these episodes in the car. And then suddenly there was one that was just like, oh, that's that's not what I believe in. And that's more what the world preaches. And, you know, my four-year-old at the time didn't get it. But I was just thinking, wow, I really wish there's this podcast out there with all these. I had these bullet points in my mind of like just wholesome, you know, pure, supporting the values that I believe in, the Christian, you know, biblical values. There's a lot of good Bible podcasts out there, but I don't know. I was looking for something kind of different, like maybe not Bible stories, because there is a lot of good ones out there with that. So yeah, it just, it kind of started me on the journey of thinking through that stuff. And I believe it was when you were complaining about the lack of podcasts that you got a bit of a nudge to, to get your own started. Yes, yes. My husband, he is quite an entrepreneur. So I was complaining to him one day about all this stuff. And he was just like, well, you should start your own podcast then. You're obviously extremely passionate about this because I was all riled up. And I was kind of, at first I was taken aback. I was like, um, no, I'm not going to do that. But he like opened the computer and he showed me how easy it is to just, hey, you sign up for this one thing and then you get a mic and that's pretty much it to start. I was like, wow, that's really not that hard. And it was literally like in that moment when I was realizing, oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. This is, I got so excited. I realized I could share my voice with so many children and I could share my stories that the kind of stories I believe in with children out there. And of course, at, at the time I was like, if only my children listen, then that's fine. Like I can just share it for just my children. It doesn't have to be all these other children, because I had no clue if anyone would listen. But I figured I might as well. It didn't hurt to try. That's when we bought the microphone and started writing stories. And the stories that you tell, as you say, have reached right around the world. There's a, a lot of children that have been listening in to the episodes. Give us an understanding of the sorts of things that kids will hear when they tune in to that podcast. I decided in the beginning, I thought I would it would be fun to have each of my podcast episodes centered around a different virtue. So for instance, patience, perseverance, resilience, hope. There's a lot of a lot of traditional virtues out there and then some kind of more modern virtues like presence and diligence and things like that. 
And so each of my episodes are stories about that virtue. They usually have a lot of like animals, talking animals, and really, I try to make them really fun stories because I like to have fun. And I've been around kids enough. I know that kids like to have fun and they're not going to sit and listen to like a boring grown up teach them about diligence. They want to hear a story. So the stories are fun. And then each of my stories has an intro and an outro. So I kind of intro it with myself and I'm myself in the intro. So kids know me as Rebecca. And then my co-host is Momo McSquirrel, who is also me, of course, but I make my voice very silly. We introduce the story that's coming. And then at the end, we talk about the virtue and we kind of point it out and talk about what the kids saw in there and what they can take away from it and then leave them with a couple of questions. And even though you're coming from a very biblical base, and as you say, you're creating this podcast because you found that what was out there wasn't really speaking to your values, this is a podcast that is not just really for Christian or religious kids, but this is something that hopefully a whole lot of kids will listen in on and they'll be gaining some truth and and some ways to live life that they might not have considered in the past. Before I started the podcast, after my husband, you know, encouraged me to do that, I really took time to pray about it because I love to pray about things and especially decisions like that. I'm just like, is this where you want me to spend my time, God? Even though I kind of, I knew he wanted me to spend my time there. I was just praying about what kind of thing he wanted me to do, which is where I got the idea for having a virtue. And I was very surprised. I felt very strongly that he didn't want me to make it specifically religious or Christian. I love the Bible. I like, I study the Bible. I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. So I was like, are you sure God? Like I, I would love to make it a Christian podcast, but he just really impressed upon my heart. Make this available for all denominations of Christianity was kind of what I was thinking so that parents could listen to this. It has very strong biblical background. If you listen to it, I think you know <laughs> you know where I'm coming from, at least some kind of religion, but that the parents or the church or whoever's listening to it can take that and then do what they want with it as far as a Bible story that goes along or things like that. It's definitely available to anyone, even non-religious people. And you're right. I really want people to see Jesus in it because all these virtues are the character of God. My hope and my prayer is that, you know, some of these kids, it can reach into households that don't actually have Jesus in the household and can just show them the character of God. And maybe that can someday, you know, attract them to the true Jesus if they if they hear about him. And what about your own travel through life? Are there aspects of the things that you face that you're adding into the podcast, obviously in in an age-appropriate way, to help kids deal with the trouble that they might encounter later on in life? Yes, definitely. I feel things a lot in life. And as a Christian, I think sometimes you can see even more depth, sometimes more pain and darkness than other people. And you also can experience more joy and hope as well. There's a lot more depth in the spiritual world. And so I put a lot of that into my podcast and like you said, in an age appropriate way, but I try to not 
shy away from real issues. For instance, this is a pretty obvious example. After COVID hit, the next month, my my story was resilience. And it was about, you know, a bunch of dinosaurs in a valley. And there's this volcano that they thought was going to explode. And they all have to work together. And anyways, it was kind of just, I thought, you know, the kids who are listening, they're all going through something right now. So this is a little bit parallel to their lives. All the characters in a certain way have uh, stuff that I felt and want children to kind of think through in in their own ways. And what's been the response that you've received? Obviously, you're not hearing from everyone who listens into the podcast. It's impossible to find out who all these people are, but I'm sure there have been kids and maybe even their parents too that have mm-hmm. been in touch to say thank you so much for, for this particular episode or that one or, or the whole series. Yes, it is extremely humbling. I did not expect that at the beginning, the responses that I would get. But yeah, I get emails pretty often just thanking me for the podcast and saying, you know, their kids love it and they listen to it a lot. But I think the most meaningful ones are when the kids write me, of course, or send me an audio message. And there's been a handful of kids that will actually give me an example of what's changed in their life through listening to one of my stories. And I always cheer up, you know, when I talk about it, but there's this, this one stands out, this little girl wrote me and she was like, I was at the playground and I saw this boy and he was looking really sad and no one was playing with him. And I remembered your episode on empathy and I had empathy for him. And now we're really good friends. She's like, we played with together and I get little things like that. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, like Jesus is using me to like, to reach children. So it's very, very humbling and exciting, and it makes me want to keep going. (laughs) And I guess that's one of the central themes for you is realizing and trying to let other people know that God can use the little people. Sometimes we can feel that we're inadequate, we don't have anything to add, and yet God still has a place for us. Tell me about that journey for you. Yeah, kind of my whole life. I've been not within my own family. I'm pretty open and crazy and I like to have fun when I'm comfortable with people, but people generally have perceived me as shy and I don't speak up. I've always struggled with wanting to be bold and, you know, speak my mind and be this awesome like Christian for Jesus. And that's just never been easy for me, I guess, to speak up, speak my mind and do things like that. So I've struggled a lot with just feeling very small and very, what's my purpose in life? And even though, you know, on paper, I can say my purpose is to glorify God and and to love him. Working that out in day-to-day life sometimes has been hard. I still feel sometimes like it's not me doing these things. And I don't know if that makes sense, but it feels It definitely feels like the spirit has helped me to grow in this area and to change and to be able to be more bold and to do these things that I've wanted to do my whole life. It's been really fun to see how he's been able to use someone like me who, you know, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm not known around the world and all these things, but he can use anyone to do anything that he's planned for them. And part of that planning is the the preparation. I touched on this earlier that right throughout your life in, in various times, there's this thread that continues to go through of how God is preparing you. And it's only 
when you look back in hindsight, you say, aha, that's why that happened. Is is that something that continues to surprise you? Yeah, I look back and it, it's just so fun for me to see how God prepared me for this. It's funny to me to think that God knew the whole time what was coming for me. Now that I'm in this and, you know, have somewhat of an audience and all that, I am really excited for all the things in the future too now. And he's given me a lot of ideas and things I'm working towards slowly in my own timing because I have three kids, so it's a bit slower than it probably could be, but that's okay. But yeah, I, I'm really excited for the the way that this could go. I And I, I do want to still come back to reaching hurting children. Right now I'm really focusing on foster kids, the foster system in America, because that's what I'm familiar with. And I'm really hoping that I can kind of take my stories and make them into, you know, a book format, which I'm working on and hopefully do some kind of curriculum. And so I'm kind of trying to network in the fostering world here. Yeah, just slowly making my way towards that kind of bigger goal. I mentioned that you are working on writing at the moment. So that takes the form of of transforming some of your podcast episodes and all the stories that they contain into a, a written form and into that curriculum that you're talking about. Yes. I'm almost done, probably like two more weeks with my first children's book that is one of my podcast episodes that I'm putting into a book format. I chose to self-publish because I think that would be easier with my audience, so it's more direct to them. I've been working with an illustrator, and it's so cute. I love the illustrations. I feel like the book is turning out much better than I thought. It'll be available soon, so that's kind of – it's going to be the first book in a series that I'm going to call Seeds of Character. The series is kind of the first step in, like I said, this curriculum that I want to write for foster kids. So it's going to take a little while because I need to finish six books, but eventually I want to get to that point. You mentioned that in your podcast, you're not only telling the story, but you're doing all kinds of silly voices in there as well as you play out those stories and, and make them real. Are there times that you sit back and think, oh, no, that's that's just too weird. I can't release that as an episode? Oh, my goodness, yes. I crack myself up. I We turned um, one of our closets into my podcast studio, and I can only record late at night because that's when all my kids are asleep, plus I like to be up at night anyway. So I go in there, everyone's asleep, and I'm just – sometimes I just make myself laugh so hard because, yes, I do really weird voices, and I I think people who meet me in real life, they would never guess that this is something I do. And when I tell them, they're always like, oh, really? Because I'm a, I'm a little bit quieter if you meet me in real life, like I said, unless I'm comfortable with you. So it's kind of a place where I can maybe – get out my storytelling and my silliness. But I, I feel like it's been a good match for me because it's not a video thing. I think I would do horribly with being on YouTube or something because then my face is there. But I'm alone in my closet and then I get to be silly. So it's really fun. And on the other side of things, as you, you touched on there, what has been the response from people who you've told, oh, yeah, I'm doing this podcast, and they listen, do they find it hard to believe, hey, that's that quiet young lady that we met? Yes, I think so. I think in a way it's probably fun for me to be like, no, this is like the real me, and this is an easy way for me to kind of share who I am. Um, we joined a new church 
almost three years ago. That was kind of the first time I got a taste of that because a lot of people know me and they kind of know how silly I am. But with a whole new group of people, I was like, I forget how it got brought up. I never bring it up, but you know, you talk about life and it gets brought up. And they were like, oh, what pod, what's your podcast? And so the next week they were all talking about like, that was you. You don't even sound like yourself. And they thought it was funny. <laughs> of course, when you start to realize the enormity of, of what you're involved in, in imparting some values and biblical beliefs to, to children around the world, is that something that pushes you closer to God, making sure that I need to get this right because this isn't just me giving my view on life. This is something with a higher purpose. I just, I feel like it's very important and that the kids who are listening, I really want to do my best. And I, again, I pray a lot, even with every episode, I feel just that I want to do my best for the kids listening and not mess up, you know, the value system that I believe in. And yeah, sometimes it's a little nerve wracking because I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm a teacher. I never like was trying to be that, but here I am. So I kind of, I lean on God a lot to say the right words and say them in the right way. And I'm not perfect. And I think that part scares me, but you know, I can only do my best. And so I hope that's what kind of comes across in the episodes. If people are wanting to check out the podcast, if people are wanting to to find it, to, to play it for their kids, where's the easiest place to find you? So I am across all podcast platforms. Um, I think most of my listeners come from Spotify, but I'm also on iTunes and Podbean and all the main platforms. And if you just put in Lamplighter Kids Stories, it should pop up. And I will put details in the show notes at bleedingdaylight.net so that people can find that easily as well. But Rebecca, it has been a delight to talk to you. I'm sure that people are going to really appreciate the work that you put into Lamplighter Kids Stories. It is a lot of fun to listen in. I, I guess it's probably, I, I'm, not, I'm probably not your target audience, but I still <laughs> enjoy the effort that you put in and, and the fun that you have whilst imparting value. So I want to thank you for what you do. And I want to thank you for your time on Bleeding Daylight today. Thank you. And yes, thanks again so much for having me here. Thank you for listening to Bleeding Daylight. Please help us to shine more light into the darkness by sharing this episode with others. For further details and more episodes, please visit bleedingdaylight.net.